0: Welcome to Speaking of Mysteries. I'm Nancy Clare and joining me on the podcast today is Tess Gerritsen to talk about The Spy Coast, her new thriller. Welcome to the podcast, Tess. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, You are 30 books in counting into your writing career and have written both standalones and series, which includes, I think, 13 Rizzoli and Isles novels. So, what sort of adjustments did you need to make to accommodate Maggie Bird and the other members of the Martini Club and Citizens of Purity, Maine uh, into your head? And how did the other characters who live there feel about the additions to this fictional universe of yours?
1: Well, it, it's kind of nice and refreshing to jump into a whole new universe because I've been, as you said, with Rizzoli for 13 books. Um, and I think what made it easy was that very early on, I heard the voice of Maggie Bird in my head. Uh, she was telling the story. And once you get that character's voice in your head, it it takes a lot of the responsibility off you because you just let them talk. Um, and there were many things I knew about Maggie just by the things she said to me. Um, I could feel that she was older, that she was a little Tired, world weary, she had uh, some trauma behind her, and she just wanted to be left alone. Um, And that—that was, uh, I think, that was the the persona that I began to uh, to really get into as the book continued.
0: Um, So Maggie is truly a gem, and uh, not long after we're introduced to her in the second chapter, um, we find Maggie wading through the snows of a Maine winter in the town of Purity. Uh, she's going out to suss out a predator interfering with her chickens and you write is uh, from her first person. I haul myself back to my feet, my hips and excuse me, my knees and hips protest. Unlike the days when I could launch myself out of a cramped sports car and take off at a sprint. Aging is a cruel process. It has stiffened my knees, lacquered my once black hair with silver and deepen the grooves on my face, but my vision is still sharp, and I haven't lost my ability to read the landscape, so this tells us a great deal about Maggie, and it's a pretty apt mantra for those of us of a certain age. Yes, it certainly is. I mean, um, you know, I a couple months ago, I turned
1: 70, and as the, as the years go by, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I'm not aware of more aches and pains. I mean, I still feel that my brain is there, which is a big blessing. That's the biggest blessing of all. Um, but I'm also aware that I just can't do the things I used to be able to do. I mean, getting up from, from a squat on the ground is becoming harder. <laughs> um, and so I, I was, was putting all that into Maggie's head. Here she is, she had such an interesting life. Um, and now, uh, you know, she's looking at it from the other end, from you know, looking backwards. Um, the other thing that I found interesting um, as you get older, and I think this is true for particularly for women, is that people start to pay less attention to us. Um, you know, it's always the young chick who gets all the attention, and as women get silver hair, I think they become um, anonymous almost. I think people start to overlook us. And that's what Maggie is feeling, too, is she used to be a hot young thing. And now, you know, she's putting up at that anonymity of older
0: age. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I want to touch on that because but first I want to say that um, it's Maggie's past when she used to launch herself out of sports cards. Uh, Comes a Colin in the form of a young woman that you just described, a a hot chick with long legs and and a loosh Uh, presentation uh, who introduces herself as Bianca and asks Maggie about Operation Cyrano. The next time Maggie encounters Bianca it's her body that's been deposited on Maggie's driveway so the game is afoot. You haven't mentioned what Maggie used to do but this tells us everything.
1: Yeah, I think what also tells you what, sh- what kind of a person she is is she has this particular way of approaching things, and so do her friends. You know, when they, when they have breakfast in the local cafe, they always sit someplace where they can keep an eye on everything in the room. Uh, they don't like to have people come up behind them. They are very cautious. They're always looking for the exit. Um, And also you find out that Maggie uh, is a very good shot when she kills the fox that's been killing her chickens. So, I mean, there are all these little clues that this is an unusual group of people. maybe they're not gonna talk about it with us, but they're comfortable with each other because they know each other's secrets.
0: So at this point though, we meet uh, Joe Thibodeau, who is Purity Maine's 30 something chief of police. And and this is not a non sequitur, this might be a good time to talk about Michael Cortia's excellent CrimeReads.com essay, Writer From Away. And the difference between Mainers, like Joe, whose family has been in Maine for centuries, and the people from away, or PFAs, uh, which for Mainers are people who weren't born there, whose ancestors weren't born there, um, which include Maggie and the rest of the Martini Club, which is the group of friends you referenced, uh, you, by the way, are a writer from the way, according to Michael, and you deserve a true manor status based on your daily walk and walking regimen alone. Um, and the thing that I found interesting was Joe is a, sharp as a as a tack. She really, she understands that this group of people. There's something about them. And as one other uh, character says to her she could have left purity. she didn't want to. and I thought this is an interesting dynamic between people that have voluntarily go to this place in Maine and people who are of this place in Maine.
1: Well, I am as he said from away, but I have been here 33 years so it's it's, it's not like I just arrived, but I will always be from away. And I think um, even though my grandson has been was born here, i'm not sure he'll be considered you know a a mainer. maybe until a couple of generations go by it's um and it's it is an interesting dynamic because those who were here kind of look at those from away as uh you know how long are you going to stay is it how many winters is it going to take to drive you away um but what i do find is people who put their roots down here um like my kids um even though they they weren't born here they all want to come back i see a lot of Children who have gone off to the big city—they've found jobs elsewhere in the country—and they all want to come back because there is something about this state that that kind of gets into you. And that's that's where where Joe is is operating from. She loves her town. She loves her state, um, but she's also very protective of it. And in, in a way, that's that fits her personality as as the guardian type of person.
0: She is a policewoman, and she is not going to let anything happen to her town. Switching back to Maggie and, and her posse, which is called the Martini Club. I love that name. And these are fellow ex-intelligence employees. Uh, and they band together to help her. Uh, they have all found themselves one way or another. Uh, they found their way to purity Main. And they're all retirees, but they all have these mad skills, uh, which brings up the point that being retired isn't the same and shouldn't be the same as useless. And which I have to ask, why are they retired? Because they (laughs) really are skilled.
1: They really are skilled, but you know, um, they retired partly because they they aged out. You know, some of them are in their seventies and maybe they want to move on to other things. And you know, even in the CIA, people get tired. They want to collect their pensions. They want to move on to other things but they still have their skills. Um, and I have a feeling that as with other industries, as the young people move up, the older people get pushed out. Um, and that's that's true for a lot of places, whether it's Hollywood or um, or a, a corporate a corporate world. Um, youth always seems to I mean, you know, they want to take our place. So here they are, with their skills intact. Um, they they are useful. They know how to use them, but they just haven't found a reason to yet. And uh, this dead woman and Maggie's driveway makes them
0: all very excited because they can get back into into the game. Everything except crime fiction writers. Crime fiction writers are rarely pushed out. (laughs) We just hang on. (laughs) You touched on this earlier. Um, Advanced years actually might be an advantage. And once again, Maggie says it best. I easily blend in with other silver haired women, all of us bundled up in our winter jackets. Like them, I seldom draw a glance of interest. Old age confers anonymity, which makes it the most effective disguise of all. all. For years, I taught myself not to stand out, not to draw attention. And now it comes effortlessly, which is both sad and also a relief. So, I I mean, I thought, once again, you know, you you get older, you become invisible. It's the perfect disguise, and you're no longer working in the in the field that you uh, came up in. It's 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 a sort of a i i it is a true irony.
1: Yeah, it is an irony that the probably the best spies would be the busybody older woman <laughs> Just, who knows what's going on um, around her or listens to gossip and um, and who is still sharp-eared enough to know a little bit about um, about human nature and her neighbors. So, uh, and, and you know, it, it's funny because I, I have an aunt who is really a busybody and I went to visit her and she was telling me about all the people on her block Who's having marital problems? Who's not having sex? Who is having sex? And I said, "How do you know this?" And she says, "I ask them, and they're so they're so startled, they just answer me." <laughs> so yes, it's it's you know it's it's um, those of us who can make connections, who are curious, who people are willing to talk to, those would really be the best intelligence people. Well, that's an old journalism trick too—is just to ask the question. Yeah, I mean, you never know. They, the worst that can happen is they refuse to answer, right?
0: And they rarely do. People love to talk about themselves. Yeah. yeah. Even even their secrets. <laughs> Which brings us back to Maine. Uh, in your acknowledgments, you mentioned that Maine is a frequent destination for retired spooks. And interestingly, I happen to be finishing up the Spy Coast on a trip to Maine. <laughs> so I mentioned your afterword to one of my travel companions who writes about the world of intelligence, nonfiction, and the woman we were visiting on the Isle of uh, Vinylhaven, And both of them nodded knowingly, uh, like, you know, yeah. Uh, so is Maine um, spooky? It certainly
1: seems to <laughs> be. And and as I mentioned in, in, um, in the acknowledgments of my book, I didn't know that when I moved here. It was that we kept running into people who said they used to work for the government and they couldn't talk about it. And after we hear that you know, three or four times, you think there's something very strange about this town and discovered that on my short street, um, I had uh, a, a former we had former intelligence agents on either side of us, I mean a couple houses down, but on our very short street. And I think there was a there was a, a period of time a couple months ago where, Every meal I had out with other people or at other people's homes, there was always a retired CIA person at the table. It just happens to be a place they love. Um, and I, there are multiple explanations. And I've heard it from various people that, well, they came here because one person came here, liked it and told his friends and they sort of grew each other here. But then I also found out that um, the CIA was active here uh, during a period of the late 60s to early 70s. Uh, when they were doing testing with uh, hallucinogens um, in a project that was actually nationwide, but we had a little, we had a little, a little section of it here right in the mid coast where they were giving drugs to people. Well, you know, Mainers, are, I think, um, are very respectful of your privacy. Uh, if you don't want to go talking to them, they won't bother you. People don't ask a lot of questions if they sense that you're uneasy. Um, and so that it does make it a good place to hide out or to protect yourself if you don't want to talk about yourself. And so we have this this, this idea of privacy. Yankees are not necessarily going to overwhelm you with visits. Um, and there's a lot of woods here. There are a lot of houses here that have a great deal of acreage, so there's there's physical privacy as well.
0: In your thriller and in real life, uh, intelligence work is difficult to reconcile with anything close to normal family life. You have one couple of them in the Martini Club who were both retired intelligence officers who are married to each other. It is my understanding that more often than not, they can know that they work for intelligence services, but can't talk about what they do. Yes. So you've, done a really tremendous job of weaving this reality into the backstories of Maggie's fellow intelligence travelers and with Maggie herself. And I don't want to, I don't want to drop any spoilers here, but did you do a lot of research into that? Did you talk to people or did it just make sense that this was going to be something that was going to be a a challenge for intelligence officials?
1: Well, I find that When you're delving into a different kind of an occupation, the best um, resources are memoirs. Um, So you just read a lot of memoirs because people reveal a lot about themselves and about their lives and about the stresses. So I think I must have read like five um, memoirs of, of retired CIA. Um, and found out, you know, from some that it, in a way it was a kind of a boring job when they, when they were in an area. It was, a lot of it was writing reports and, and and trying to find people who have information. It wasn't all cloak and dagger. and Very few of them carry guns. Um, it's not like James Bond. It's it's very much going to going to cocktail parties and coffee shops and just listening.
0: And it's become... more like John le Carré than James yeah,
1: Bond. It, it is. It is. Exactly. I, I think the hard part, though, is when you. When you make a friend how genuine can you feel that friendship is because you always have to be careful you can't be entirely honest even with your own spouse um that has got to be that has got to be really difficult on somebody's psyche that you can't be honest or that you question whether a friendship is real or not or you're always trying to get something out of somebody i mean that's got to be hard on you as well so um I, I think it, it would be a very stressful job, just emotionally, maybe not physically, and maybe there's no danger involved, but it's got to be an emotional stress. And you weave
0: many of these elements into uh, the story into Maggie's story of what is real, you know
1: which... yeah, I mean, it, she loves somebody, but is this a real is this a real thing? And that's that's
0: something that she struggles with through through a lot of the book. So the Spy Coast is a thriller and we'll stop there. We're not gonna say anything more uh, because to just say anything about uh, it is to risk introducing a spoiler and the end is way too satisfactory to even dance with a hint. But I'm hoping that this is not the last rodeo for the Martini Club or for Joe Thibodeau. Uh, Can you tell us, you, you said this was at the beginning of the series, are they going to be back? And can you tell us anything <laughs> about what they're going to be up to?
1: Well, you know, by the by, the end of this book, I thought this is a fun group of people. I kind of want, want to hang out with them a little longer. So there is a sequel coming. I'm I'm working on it now, um, and it is much more of a local story because I wanted to explore um, Maine and also a little bit more about Joe Thibodeau's career and how this group of people is going to help her. Solve a very local crime that may have roots in intelligence, but we're not really sure. So, yeah, there is there is a sequel coming after that. Um, well, you know what? I'm so deep in the weeds in this one, I can't even think about the next book. Um, but I but these these are characters I have a great deal of
0: affection for. Well, we should also mention in Michael Cortia's uh, uh, essay that he had, that there are many many writers in Maine, obviously Stephen King and he's their part of the year and you, uh, that he uh, he calls you writers from away. And he mentioned that his library in Camden, Maine, um, is said there were more writers per capita in Maine than any other uh, state. I don't know about that. I live in California, awful lot of writers here, um, but there's also yeah. 40 million people. Do you feel that community of of writers or are you very Maine-esque in it that you keep yourselves to yourself and you, you, you know, you keep your privacy cloaked about you?
1: You know, a lot of us writers in Maine, we know each other because it is. I think the Washington Post wrote an article not that long ago that said we were among the top 10 states in the country with per capita writers and artists. Um, So... That we're all operating in the woods here doing our thing, uh, but we do know each other through, usually it's through genre clubs, you know, like I know the mystery writers, I know the romance writers, um, I, and I know a few science fiction writers. I mean, we're, we're all just hanging out here. Why are we here? Well, that's a good question. I, I think it has to do with when you're a writer, you can live anywhere in the world. Um, and why not live in one of the most beautiful places in the world? Um, so it's a it's a great place to to write it's also um there's also something about the seasons that I find very inspiring I think I do my my best writing um probably I'm I'm deepest into it during the winter time um and it has to do with you can't go outside and garden you're just stuck indoors all day <laughs> so um the seasons help me as well I'm very aware that um people don't think of me as a local but I but you have to remember that, especially in the mid coast, about 50% of the people who live on the mid coast are from away. Um, and that's certainly true for whenever you get on to, in coastal Maine, um, that there's a large percentage of people who come from away. And even more, I mean, Maine was one of the top states to gain population over the last couple of years. Um, and that's an unusual thing because we are, you know, we are a small state, but a lot of people are moving here, partly because of COVID. Partly because everybody's doing remote work now and they want to move here. And partly because the cost of living is a little bit cheaper here than Massachusetts or or New York. And
0: it is incredibly beautiful. I mean, that's something that although I had been to Maine before, uh, it it hit me again when I when I visited. And I would never really been to the islands before. And going to North Haven and Haven was sort of a revelation Goodness. Yeah,
1: it is. And and I mean, my son was married on North Haven um just a, a couple of years ago. And just to walk around that island and 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 eat the local produce and have the local oysters, you think, oh, I'm in, well, I'm in seafood heaven, first of <laughs> all. <laughs> and if you don't mind the winter, it's okay. You, you're as you say, if you, you're willing to shovel the roof, um, you know, you deserve summer.
0: <laughs> but, what a lot of people don't understand is to shovel the roof. You really don't have to do much. You just have to walk up the snowbank. Yeah, Well, that's the hard part is getting up the snowbank or getting out your door. That's the thing, getting out your door. <laughs> you have two kinds of snowshoes. Yeah. Tess, thank you so much for your time and for talking to me about the Spy Coast. I enjoyed it so much for so many reasons, uh, but most of all because it acknowledges that older people are just as capable um although they may be invisible yes yes and if you
1: if you want to have a bit of wisdom you know it doesn't hurt to have somebody with gray hair <laughs>
0: thank you again
1: thank you